0: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. What's what the poster said? See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie. Critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because no. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May third. Rated PG thirteen. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial Hey White Sox fans, it's Brett Valentini here hosting Southside Sox podcast number 42 on the heels of a White Sox sweep, the first of the season, hopefully the first of many. And joining me to celebrate that sweep and maybe look ahead to what could be a March to first place here in this coming week, it's Crystal O'Keefe. Welcome again to the Southside Sox podcast, Crystal.
1: Thank you for having me on the Brett and Crystal
0: show. <laughs> it is becoming that way. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna just scrawl in a little box here on the side that will just say Joe because Joe Reese is somehow I don't know what's going on with the Indianapolis uh, uh, field office but uh, I guess he didn't get the memo He's but
1: busy. it's all right. He's too cool for
0: us. It's all right. Um, somehow I think actually Crystal he is on the search for a strawberry cheesecake, churro, cannoli, and he did not realize, he should have realized, but he did not realize he could stop by Casa O'Keefe and perhaps pick one up.
1: I didn't tweet it, so he would have never (laughs) known. I only put it on my cooking Instagram account.
0: You don't see him just circling the block occasionally, (laughs) just with his nose out the window, just sort of looking for churro. (laughs) He could be out there now. You may want to look out the front window. All right, Crystal, the White Sox are 12-9, uh, is a four-game winning streak, a sweep of the Texas Rangers, was exactly what you're supposed to do to the Texas Rangers. This was a series the White Sox needed to fatten up on at home, uh, and they did just that. Uh, this is what I believe over the weekend in one of the podcasts I had suggested probably needs to happen, and this is about the time to start taking care of business and, and get some of the growing pains of the early season out of the way. Given the sweep, given uh, p- particularly getting the brooms out today, pretty decisive when you were covering it for us on the six-packs, you were paying some pretty close attention. Uh, uh, takeaways, the, the, the excitement of the White Sox uh, storming now toward first place and completing the sweep.
1: Yeah. So I think they obviously have decided that um, hitting the ball and scoring runs is – how you get above 500. So I'm really excited for that. Um, It's really good to see Jose Abreu kind of coming alive again. A lot of people seem to be concerned that there was some regression or a slump or he was cold because it's April, but um, it's kind of good to see these players. I was just a little worried about at the beginning, kind of show up, have really good at bats and even Zach Collins had an amazing at bat today. So Uh, wheels collins
0: wheels collins uh legging out (laughs) three infield hits today i believe uh unexpected uh, flash of a skill set there
1: i'm i'm feeling a lot better than i was even just a week ago and as much as i Mm -hmm. love dane dunning it was nice to Mm -hmm. still beat him and then eventually sweep so it was a good series
0: yeah, that had all the makings of a scary beginning of the series with Dane coming in really hot against Cease, who has not been so hot, particularly at least just in getting deep in the games. Uh, and so, yeah, that had the that had the makings of something that was going to make jaws drop. It down. man, you know. And then it's like, well, let's try to get the two over the weekend because you know Dane Dunning came back and got revenge on the White Sox, and it was nice. It's great the guy as he is. It was nice to hey listen. Win every other game, just not the ones against the White Sox. He's not going to see the White Sox very often. He's in the AL West. They're not going yeah, to run into each other. They,
1: well, often. yeah, they were saying earlier they won't be back until September. So it'll be a bit.
0: Um, okay, mention mentioned the offense. And obviously this team is capable of putting up some big, big numbers. And what was so great today is they put it all up so early. I mean, maybe even shifted into cruise mode maybe a little uh, too early. But with Kopech dealing the way he was and the offense putting up really one run, frankly, but but certainly – the multiples they did, uh, this is just a really nice way to end, uh, you know, you don't want to call a statement series against the Texas Rangers, but hey, it's a statement series because White Sox needed this.
1: Yeah. I mean, Texas isn't always great offensively, but it, it's nice to see our players just kind of light them up and like props to Nick Madrigal who completely saved the game that I called on Twitter and now maybe I'm a witch. I don't know. Like I, called it right before and everyone was like what someone was like how did you do that I was really proud of myself but um yeah I mean even the guys that you don't expect to get very many hits are doing it and Billy's back so Adam Engel's coming back soon ish so
0: yeah, the fact that they have managed to sort of tread water, you know, stick around 500, even though it became sort of like a, a comic sort of thing that they'd you know, be one under and then hit 500 and can't really get over. Um, but they're doing it down, you know, a starter, two starters down um, at least one missing piece of the rotation at any given time. Now we've got a new missing piece in Lucas Gilito um that's some pretty good tap dancing and that's something you need to do you don't want to have to mitigate those injuries right at the start of the season because it's not going to get any easier as the season goes on you know guys are just going to wear down so that's a little scary and a little daunting but the fact that they're three over now that's a 92 93 win pace uh, which is not bad um yeah, that's really encouraging. Yeah, you got Adam Engel in your back pocket. Um, Billy Hamilton, I mean, incredible play uh, on Saturday night. Uh, defensively, not necessarily something looking look for him with his arm. Um, I mean, the guys are stepping up, and that's what you need to have happen, playing the roles and stepping up, even with, like, Zach Collins getting three. In, I mean, I know it's sort of like a goof, but, hey, it's better to get three, three infield hits and three strikeouts. I mean, uh, the guys are making the most of their opportunities.
1: Yeah, even Andrew Vaughn was great. Mm-hmm in this series. And, you know, we haven't seen too many great, you know, at bats for him. And he decided, yeah, I'm going to do this this weekend. I don't even care if everyone else is. Yeah. So, everybody's, everybody's, the club.
0: <laughs> everybody has had their highlights. Really. Uh, Luis Robert had that great uh, walk uh, uh, on Saturday um, where he, you know, for once sort of held off the outside uh, sliders and, and drew a walk. Um, even Liam Hendricks, when, you know, he gives up a, gives up a homer, he gives up a couple homers. But, you know, still manages to rally, um, you know, uh, there's not too many guys you're walking away from saying, geez, I'm, I'm really concerned. I mean, Jonathan Steven doesn't count. He's a guy who just was there to, to stop up some innings today. So really, the guys who are mostly being counted on are, are coming through. That said, are there guys who stick out at you still sort of being a little bit of a concern at this point, given that we're getting close to a month into the season and maybe some guys who really haven't gotten unlocked yet?
1: Uh, I mean, Garcia is still one of those where I'm just like, okay. Please, when the superior atomy comes back, let's end this experiment. Mm. I'm kind of over it. Um, he's the one that's concerned me the most and a little bit of Yuan, but not not enough, I think, to count him in that. You know, he's had a slow start, but he's picking up too, so
0: yeah I think hismani for me is a concern, not really so much with the performance because there's a lot of stuff he does that isn't necessarily going to show up and he's going to still end up having a pretty nice you know war because he's going to have his framing or, or whatnot but the fact that he's now i mean he's even now adjusted his stance because of the knee injury that happened way back in spring and it seems to be something that's nagging him could i, mean, I presume maybe affecting his performance at the plate uh that you know that's worrisome because there's not a lot of depth i mean we can we can give Zach Collins all the plaudits we want but he's not going to be able to step in in any way and, uh, uh, in well for Yasmani Grandal. So that's a concern because there's no depth. (laughs) Um, there's not even depth, probably the major league level. you mean, I don't really think though, people are saying like, Hey, throw him behind the plate at some point. And yeah, at some point you probably should go behind the plate, but you know, your means not a major league catcher defensively. Zach isn't either. So that's something that's, um, You know, it's worrying me given that this is a guy who's, you know, he hasn't sat, you know, he's not injured per se, but even trying to play through this injury, sort of because he has to, uh, the the results are sort of mixed. And and that is worrisome to me.
1: Well, and all the interferences just over (laughs) the last weak now it's just like he's either not playing at all or he's in the way
0: yeah it's like is he using his knuckleballer glove that's like three times the size because yeah it's just sort of interesting it's something that you like never saw called and I guess because framing is becoming such a big deal and, and you know I guess there's something to being out there aggressive and maybe just moving just that far up to to get the ball that he's drawing that and those are not good things I mean those are errors for him uh and that has can really screw up the momentum of a game so yeah for a guy who's like so excellent defensively that's been a very strange I mean I guess he's admitted he's never had that many in a year yeah you know, seems to me like he had a couple last year in just that mini season but you know I get his point and yeah I hope that can sort of get cleaned up too I don't know what's what's going on it's sort of like the there's he, he's trying to run with like just three wheels instead of four right now and, and it's a little worrisome you know is uh, uh, the Kopech situation, um, obviously, that's a guy who I think you're behind. I don't think we all are behind. Has it surprised you the way he's come out of the gate? Uh, he's both started very efficiently. Uh, I think he's had his two starts now, both real good ones. Uh, and all his work out of the bullpen has been terrific. I mean, look at his season numbers, uh, and they're extraordinary. They're probably pushing Rodan at this point for, for best yeah. on the club. Uh, are you surprised it's come together so quickly for him given that he's basically been away for two seasons? Uh,
1: Honestly, I'm not really surprised. I knew who he was pre-injury, pre-year off. Um, And, you know, I I think that the nearly two years off did actually help him a bit. I mean, he was never not playing after he was recovered or, or recovering from the injury. So it's not like he took A ton of time off and just forgot about baseball altogether. So I'm not really surprised by it. I knew he had good stuff and he's got a point to prove on why he deserves to be in that starting rotation. And he's just out there consistently proving it at every single outing he has.
0: We are going to return to the topic of Michael Kolpak and discuss perhaps some other starters in the White Sox mix right after we take a quick break here on podcast number 42. I'll be back with Crystal real quick. I'm Alex Rodriguez and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It
1: opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal.
0: Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hey, White Sox fans. It's Southside Sox podcast number 42. We're on the heels of a sweep of the Texas Rangers. White Sox making a storm toward first place, a game and a half behind Kansas, the Kansas City Royals. And let's face it, nobody is scared of the Kansas City Royals, so effectively in first place. Sorry, Kansas City. Yeah, it's bulletin board material. Forget it. White Sox got the best run differential in the American League, second best in baseball, and though those things don't necessarily translate directly into what we can predict a record being, that's an indication the White Sox have run into some bad luck, Perhaps, perhaps some bad bullpen management by a manager coming back to the game after a decade, but hey, The wheels are all back on. Uh, The team seems to be rolling now. And the fact that the offense is performing and the defense and the pitching is doing well enough to suppress runs is an indication of future months where the White Sox are going to go from 3 over 500 the way they are right now to perhaps really quickly getting into some serious, serious best in American League material. We don't see any indications that's not going to happen. No prediction, but... The first almost now month of baseball would indicate that the next five to come are going to be pretty nice for the White Sox. Here with Crystal Keith and Crystal, we were just talking about Michael Kopech and the fact that you're not terribly surprised by how well he's been able to sort of hit the mound running and whether it's starting. Uh, today he went five innings. Um, that's, that's nothing to sneeze at given the fact that one of the guys who's come up uh, as having a little bit of trouble in the rotation so far a guy who seemed like a solid number four going to the season dylan Cease hasn't pitched into the fifth and i don't believe this year i think we are sort of calling him mr four and two-thirds because he can't quite even get to the point of qualifying for a victory uh it doesn't come down to cease versus kopech at least not yet because the white sox also don't really necessarily have a fifth starter because somebody's always getting injured we'll get to that in a second but Uh, At what point do things have to change and do they change this year where Cease is maybe the guy who's doing a little bit more of the spot play uh, in the rotation and out of the bullpen and Kopech is sort of moving into that place? Or do you think because there's some unspecified innings limit for Kopech, given that he's coming back for a full season for the first time in two, um, that that's not something we're going to be talking about and can anticipate until maybe 2022?
1: I don't think he will actually have a spot in the road until next season. That said, I think these pitching limit, you know, starts that he does have is the right move, especially when we are plagued with inner, or injuries and what have you. And so I think just getting him, to that point where he feels confident, which he looks confident. Like I don't, when I watch him, I see someone who has been doing this for years versus taking two off. So I think it gets to the point where he needs to have more of these starts. And if he can throw 87 pitches like he did today, there's no reason to continue to suppress him and just keep him in the bullpen. Um as much as I want him to start this year, I obviously don't want him to blow his arm out, but I mean, it comes to the point where he's the better pitcher Mm. and I think everyone knows that, but they don't want to accept it because I don't think the White Sox are willing to give up on Dylan Cease this early, but he's incredible. And he deserves that starting rotation spot whether it's, you know, towards the end of this season or the beginning of next, it's, it should be his for the taking and C should be somewhere there in the middle, just hanging out.
0: Oh, smart, Crystal. I would have done more numbers crunching than determined that the records 12 and nine to take the time to see that they're on a 92 or 93 base. I can do more advanced math than that. We'll get the math here before the podcast ends as well. <laughs> but if I was smart, I would have crunched some numbers to sort of see what, Kopech's pace so far is. Um, I mean, I think we've sort of guessed maybe it's a hundred innings. It certainly wouldn't seem like it could be more than 150 because that's frankly, that's pretty much a regular load for a lot of guys. Um, so I'm wondering to see, I, I'm curious to know how, what he's done so far plays out, letting him go five innings just for this start. Even if you just say, okay, he's going to get a start a month from here. I mean, five innings, that's like a week's worth of work for a guy who's on an, an innings uh, limit. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'd be interesting to know at what point do they slow him down? Do they maybe even shut them down and, and quiet him, with the possibility, given that it doesn't seem like the rotation is going to have certainly not five strong arms, uh, plowing through the season and maybe as few as three dependable arms at any given time, whether they sort of earmark him and, you know, shut him down is probably too dramatic to say so that come postseason or come say last two weeks of the season that then it's like okay guess what here is the here is the very late way post-deadline acquisition of Michael Kopeck, ace starter and guess what he's in the rotation the rest of the year through the postseason I think that's pretty much what they've intimated all along him and Garrett Crochet as well Crochet is struggling enough that you can't necessarily count on that but it's interesting I'm going to be interested to see what sort of gap we have between now and sort of the end of the season with Copac to see if they do set him up Given not enough guys are probably going to be stepping up in the rotation to see if he's a guy they say, all right, now you got the ball, go for it because we got an off season coming up. You're going to have time to rest.
1: Yeah. I just uh, would like for them to make that announcement prior to mid-September so that I can purchase tickets for when he is starting (laughs) and go for some anniversary baseball. That would be ideal.
0: Perfect. Yeah, you can uh, check out the calendar and you can start to count days. Okay, one, yeah. two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five, Colpec. One, two, three, four, five, back. Yeah. Um, do you do? At this point, the way he's pitching, it's worth it. I mean, he's appointment viewing uh, at this point along with Carlos Rodon. And now we're like considering old uh, uh, Nine Finger uh, Lucas Giolito now is like the third guy for crying out loud. Uh, before we get to old Nine Finger Giolito, um, Dylan Cease is now probably approaching or just past a full season's worth of cobbled together over these past three seasons, his rookie year, um, cup of coffee, uh, the mini season last year where he did pitch, I think, a full 12 starts, which qualified as full for a 60-game season. And now, so far, the starts that he's uh, taking the ball on this year, he's probably added up to roughly a full season. Now I'm not going to sully Dylan Cease by mentioning the name Ronaldo Lopez because Ronaldo Lopez has had somewhere approaching a hundred appearances in majors. I think at least 80. All of them were close to all of them starts. And obviously Ronaldo Lopez is, uh, his currency has fallen dramatically in the system to the point where he hasn't even got these cup of coffee calls up for a, a spot, two, three innings like today, Jonathan Stieber, Ronaldo Lopez. I know he, he pitched very recently, but he could have been lined up to be that guy uh, and he's not. Um, but, you know, that said, uh, Dylan is struggling to find the strikes. So he's struggling to be efficient with his pitching. And I know you're not a big Dylan fan, um, And it's easy to see why, you know, you would you have to pause you sort of have to put a pin in what the stardom predictions were for him, because he has really struggled to get his feet under him. Um, You think it's safe that pretty much all season long, perhaps just out of necessity, because the White Sox do not have many rotation options, they do not have any rotation depth. Uh, that they're pretty much just going to ride with Dylan Cease throughout, even if he slips, say, to the token, like, fifth spot in rotation, because, frankly, they need his innings, and they might as well see what they have with him.
1: Yeah, they will. I mean, and I don't even want to say that I'm not his fan. I love the kid, and I want him to be great. But when you watch him and you're, like, yanking your hair out because you're so – agitated with what he's doing it, it's tough as a fan to watch that it's tough as a person that has to write about him to watch that um but you know I, they're gonna write it out because they can't just have a bullpen game every <laughs> yeah. this game like it, it's too taxing not saying his starts aren't taxing enough for them but it comes to the point where you just have to see how far he can go and if you'll lose
0: then well you'll well, lose it, it is crazy crystal last last year in this sort of like cobbled together season let's face you know not to say the White Sox weren't prepared to, to roll out a competitive team and hate they in the playoffs uh but you know there was uh, there was an inordinate number of bullpen games and you know again circumstances whatever pandemic and whatnot but you sort of thought okay you got a whole off season to prepare for this not to happen and you know i know bad luck you know uh, manson's got a little you know whatever tweak in the shoulder and um, giolito's cutting off his finger and and you know et cetera. Et cetera. Uh, just we're in april and we've been talking like it seems like every other game's like well it's gonna be a bullpen game or you know who, who's gonna eat the indians it's like wow oh, man oh man this I, this just I don't want to keep always beating this, but I mean, it just seems like not the best planning. I don't know how many Clayton Richards you need in Schaumburg. You need a few veteran guys who so it's like, okay, maybe we can't tap this guy. I mean, we're not expecting to catch lightning tomorrow. Gio Gonzalez, I know he's retired, but I mean, that was his purpose last year to come in and be that guy. He ended up being a number four and, and, you know, unfortunately not worthy of that. But uh, you've got to have a few of those guys. Why does have none? I mean, their yeah. depth doesn't even get to eight, and I think I would think at minimum you need eight, you know, including a few guys in Schomburg or AAA.
1: If only they had made some off-season acquisitions <laughs> for a starting pitcher instead. Of...
0: It seems like they sort of stopped short of of spending the full wall of money. It seemed like they were willing to spend more. I thought I heard that the money was going to be. Yeah spent that hasn't been spent other places. It's very confusing. I'm not a math guy. I'm not a, I'm not a dollars guy. So I'm just a little confused by it all. I can just got to trust Rick on, I guess. And you know, that, that, you know, he's, he's not, he's not trying to con me about this. This is just the best they can do. I, I suppose. I, I don't know. Maybe um, we
1: got a choppy feed for that press conference. Could be. We spent. Like maybe it was the money will not will actually not, be spent. Right,
0: right. Will not be spent. And that's where the dropout was. Sure.
1: Please continue to buy beer when you're at the ballpark. Thank you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And he, you know, it seems like every one of his uh, conferences at home, um, the Zoom stuff, there's always like a big time. I think one time there was like a garbage pickup in the background. I know there's been dogs barking. So maybe I some of that background barking. noise. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we could have missed out a real key point. And everybody just was like, you know, all the beat writers, like compared their notes. Hey, did you he say yes or no? On the and, you know, they just went with, you know, nobody bothered to follow up. Hey, let's talk about another guy in the rotation. The guy that we didn't think we'd have to talk about because he would just be smooth as silk. And he was not smooth his last outing. Uh, Which is unfortunate because now when he was supposed to start today, um, apparently twisting off a water bottle that he didn't know was a glass bottle and it was not a twist off top. I mean, you know, you got to love crazy injury stories. Uh, Lucas Giolito, White Sox ace and Cy Young hopeful, cut his finger and had to be scratched from today's start. I think he's been listed as the guy for Tuesday, so maybe that means it's just a minor flesh wound. But I guess we don't know that for sure. Um, I gotta say, we had a little debate on the site uh, in the comments uh, way back. I think right around the Boston when there was the, the cancellations, it was the Kansas City a home game cancellation, and then I think there was a Boston. There were some cancellations that essentially allowed Lucas to still pitch on five days rest, even though it meant. He would be skipping like two, three guys in the rotation. To me, you want your ace pitching every five games because at some point, you know, he's going to be gassed. He needs a break, or I don't know. He's going to think there's a, a twist off cap on a water bottle and he cuts his finger and perhaps has to miss some time. Now maybe we dodge the bullet here and he is just going to like get pushed back one day, but they've already missed one chance to get him on that every five days. Cause that's the, he's the one guy we can count on. We can't necessarily yeah. count on Carlos yet. We can't count on Kopech. He's not even in the rotation. Lance Lynn's, you know, already a little bit achy Uh Dallas Keuchel, you know, we'll see very promising last start. Uh you need to have your horse. You need to make sure he's going to get his 32 starts. And at this point, he's not probably on pace for 32 starts. Uh, it seems like something you just want to do. And, and I think some people were pushing back on the side, like, oh, come, you know, no, that you can't. That's too disruptive. You can't do that. And I thought, well, you know, now look now, I mean, let's hope he doesn't miss a turn. Let's hope it is just one game. But we didn't need him for that game anyway, because it was the Texas Rangers. Uh, you know, we need him starting this next series. And so I hope he's able to to suit up and take the ball. And I don't know, maybe he's going to get some extra spin because he's got a weird like scab forming on his uh, scratch <laughs> finger. But uh, yeah, to me, uh, it was a curious decision and it could have been an easy one to make to just say, okay, plug him right back out there. You know, uh, there are enough off days built in. Uh, you know, I think these guys go in saying, hey, I'm ready to take the ball every five, five days. And if they, you know, if they're a little gassed, they'll say, all right, can I, you know, can I skip a turn? We get thirty-six starts out of uh, Lucas Giolito if we do that, and I don't think that's necessarily taxing him too terribly. Uh, we can't afford to be too picky with our starters because we have like two and a half, I think. Yeah. And I don't know that that number's really gone up or down this <laughs> whole year because one guy's Rodon steps up and then suddenly Lance Lynn is nowhere to be found. Um, we need starters, Crystal.
1: Look, I appreciate the no plastic water bottle thing; it's <laughs> better for the environment. But can we get someone to just open bottles, especially for our entire pitching? Just everyone, just anyone. Bottle included, opener. Like, let's just get a designated bottle opener.
0: There uh, seems like there would be a bottle opening intern.
1: I'll do I it. I think that
0: that would be possible. There you go. You know, you prove that you've got your, your second vaccination shot. Um, or at least you go through the heat-seeking thing to make sure, okay, you're legit. And then you put the gloves on, you snap on. There's no danger.
1: I'm available in three weeks. I will be fully vaccinated, and I will have my two-week buffer.
0: White socks. Listen. Call me Rick. Don't have the garbage cans in the background or the dogs barking, because you're going to need to know which gate to report to and exactly (laughs) what day they need you.
1: I will open all of the bottles for anyone that asks if it means we will not be scabbed up on the mound.
0: Yeah. Um, All right. Let's wind this up, Crystal. Let's talk a little six pack. You've made your six pack of stats debut for us. We've got a nice crew of people uh, who are devoted to doing this piece, which is really expanded this year. Last year, uh, it was mostly, hey, pick six random numbers and talk about it, and that's sort of cute and that's fun because that can be sort of in the dot 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 trivia area. You hopped <laughs> on just in time for it to be pretty a pretty hardcore exercise. Uh, what's your what's your thoughts on that early on? <laughs>
1: <laughs> so my knowledge of baseball in general is pretty vast, I will say. My math skills, no. Uh, they are not advanced. So I never like religiously followed stats in the first place, but it's been nice to retrain my brain and do that. It's been fun. I mean, it it is fun to kind of see what the numbers are telling you and be behind that. So I'm glad I did it. I am glad that the two games I covered over the weekend were amazing with my boy Mercedes and then today with my favorite White Sox pitcher so that was fun to cover yeah
0: truly uh, I think you get to credit yourself with actually three games done because both games you did I think lasted like six and a half hours a piece so I think you actually you know with overtime um, even though they weren't extra innings uh, I think I think you can actually say it was three games, even though just two actual written articles. Because boy, today when this started going, I think I checked in back, checked back in with the game. It was like god, it seemed like, was like two and a half hours in. It was like the third in. I thought, oh my god, it's happened to her again, and and that just doesn't seem fair. You you are owed a very quick two hour ten minute game.
1: Upcoming, yeah, I, I hope Friday. I turned that in around a little after one, I think, when I a.m. Uh, my time, and then today. I rushed back home. I took my kids out for ice cream because they both had really good softball and baseball games yesterday. Oh. So we took them out for their hits because they both got hits. Uh, they both got a hit and they both got an RBI, and one got home. So I was like, "We're going to go celebrate with ice cream," but I have to be back <laughs> at a certain time so I can watch this game. You that and... They're
0: still in warmups.
1: <laughs> yeah, so we, you know, had lunch, we rushed out to get ice cream, we came back, and I'm just sitting there like, okay, my husband fell asleep um, sitting next to me at one point, <laughs> and um, I got to the point where I was like, oh my goodness, I need to make dinner, what are they doing? So I had my laptop <laughs> propped up on my kitchen counter, and I'm sitting here like trying to make dinner with three whole pans, I'm like, this is a train wreck. And then the game ended as soon as my like dinner was finished. Um, you had your I, splash
0: guards on, so there's no sauce <laughs> splashes.
1: I told everybody I was like, don't wait for me. I need to finish this and then I'm gonna eat dinner, but just do whatever. So Man, that, yeah, it was a long That's game. devotion
0: though, too. You could have easily said, Hey buddy, you're gonna have to wait. We gotta eat, I gotta finish cooking. The stats will be there. This is a somewhat <laughs> it was a day game, it was an early game. I appreciate that devotion, especially when it was a seven and a half, seven, three quarter hour game. Wow. Uh, yeah. You're owed about uh, um, two hours plus. Yeah. As long as you mention your, uh, your sleepy husband, I got to say it was great to see a double O'Keefe game thread. That was very <laughs> nice. I really thought that the universe was going to fold in on itself with two of you actually commenting during a game, but uh, I guess, I guess we're still intact. Maybe that's what helped drive a surprising uh, sweep over the weekend.
1: You've gotta thank our friend John because I saw him mention my name. So I like took a little screenshot and he sent it over to Billy and <laughs> then he suddenly a few minutes later jumped off.
0: Popped <laughs> up. Hey, <laughs> I'm not above guilting people. I've that's that's really my mode of operation. Just guilt people into coming along, dropping a comment. Add up.
1: I just like the little tagline about don't follow me, follow my wife. I just appreciate that. <laughs> Very shameless plug.
0: Nice. You know. No offense to Billy. That might actually be prettiest too. Sorry, Billy. What can I say? I mean, I, I, if it's t-shirts, I'm going to you, Billy. Fox <laughs> talk. Might be,
1: might be me now. Sorry. I'm you sorry.
0: I'm sorry. And also strawberry cheesecake churro cannolis. That's another. Um, or dinner. I
1: made those during the game.
0: Dinner and stats. Simultaneous dinner and stats also works. Um, so you are not averse to doing more six pack of stats articles
1: no now that I now that I think I've cracked that one I think I can do some more
0: that's so fun it's a it, it's something that uh you more and more in actual game recaps you're going to see I know the Allen uh usually likes to inject um exit velocity into his pieces and then some of that stuff comes up particularly when it's like oh you're mean hit, hit a ball you know 115 miles an hour But by and large, that's not usually part of our narrative in recaps. So, uh, you know, it's sort of nice to be able to, you know, in this consistent way to say, all right, what was the hardest hit ball? What was the luckiest hit? I mean, those things are sort of, you know, neat to see. I mean, just today in yours, you know, uh, uh, in sort of looking up what you had written, you know, I saw it. not only did Adam Eaton have the weakest, he had the three weakest balls hit today. mean it's pretty funny. And I don't think that happens very often. I'm not sure, uh, what Wheaties he didn't eat today, but the idea that he's even hitting line drives that are like just little, little quails out to shortstop. Uh, you know, that stuff is interesting. And, you know, uh, providing you have a writer who can say, okay, I'm going to take the number and, and try to craft something with it. Uh, you know, it can be, a, it can be a fun read. And I hope people aren't just necessarily clicking on to like vote in the poll or whatever, but you know, I think it's, a, it's an easy read, you know, but, uh, you know, I think it is, it's a lot of fun. It's got stuff for fans. all that's the, the picture data, which sort of goes over my head. I mean, crystal you may say you're just sort of trying to catch up with this massive now i've been trying to play around with this for like 10 12 years and i'm still trying to get on top of it so you know i'm at best uh in your boat on that one so uh but it's fun you know and, and hopefully it's been something that you've enjoyed doing i think we've had maybe six or so different writers uh doing those so far which is a which is a nice variety and participation so uh who knows? There might be some new names, new names uh, popping up. I know the slots are filling up. I bet the start of the season is like nobody was interested in doing them. You know, Ashley Sanders is a huge six pack person. She did a ton of them for us last year on site and I, she hasn't even gotten rolling with her stuff. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, I think they're going to be entertaining reads and everybody, even though this is a pretty, you know, this is this is pretty formatted. There's still a lot of room for you know, the flavor that, that people do like to come and read. Yours has a little different twist than what I'm going to do or, or Ashley or Jeremy. So, uh, yeah, these are these are fun to do. And I'm glad that you, you got a couple under your belt because it's, you know, until I see the product and um, no one's yelling at me, yeah. I don't know exactly, you know, how it's going to work out. So I'm glad, you know, despite the fact that they were 12 and a half hour games each, uh, that you you did manage to pull through and sort of have some fun doing
1: it. I almost volunteered for three, but I knew I had an evening baseball game for one of my kids last night, so I could have had the whole weekend. Wow, that would have been the longest eighty-five hour weekend I've ever had.
0: Yeah, might not have been time for the cannolis or the dinner or or Bill, or, or, or or Billy's nap. So I know. You know
1: he was only here for a very short period of time this weekend. So you know,
0: at least he got to catch up on his sleep. Life. <laughs> uh, he's gonna not want you to do podcasts anymore <laughs> every time you talk about me i'm asleep <laughs>
1: he's so supportive but now he's gonna hate me
0: no more <laughs> <laughs> no more t-shirts t- are cut off
1: not promoting uh, anything you do <laughs> <sighs> all
0: right well um hey uh white Sox are riding high day off so this is some of your day off content this delightful uh, podcast with me and crystal celebrating a sweep four game winning streak uh, bearing down on first place on the Kansas City Royals and top run, di- run differential in the American League, which would indicate the White Sox are the best team, no longer Boston, the best team in the American League. So let's see the White Sox actually play that out this next week. Maybe the next time we're talking a week or so from now, Crystal, or after one of the post game for a game podcast that we will be celebrating a first place White Sox team. Just- that is, that's the official Jazz hands is the official uh, indicator that first place is imminent. Uh, everybody, thank you, as always, for reading, commenting, being a part of our uh, being part of our community. That's very important. You guys keep us going. And of course, listening and occasionally even watching these Southside Sox podcast. That'll be it for number 42. We'll be back at you, I'm sure, very soon with something else. Uh, but enjoy. Enjoy the off day. We're going to be right back at it on Tuesday with the usual coverage. Super Joseph Rhesus, who, you know, is very distinctively not present here for the um, unofficial meeting of the Indianapolis field office. He's doing double duty on Tuesday. He's taking both the six-pack and the game recap because that's just the way he does it. So you'll be reading him on Tuesday and hopefully recounting another Chicago White Sox victory. That would be five in a row. Thank you for joining me, Crystal. Let's do it again sometime soon.
1: Yes, thank you for having me.
0: Take care, everybody.